You are now listening to the Millennial Travel Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, podcast listeners? Greetings from the four corner regions of Colorado. I am excited to escape the cold in Austin. You might have caught my breakup letter to Austin. Texas, where I don't know when I will be back, but uh, time to get out and explore. Here in Colorado, headed to Moab uh, to check out Arches National Park, the Canyonlands, Lake Powell, and uh, really excited about that. Got my little daughter over 11,000 feet yesterday at just four months of age, so excited to be out on a good old Fashion USA road trip. Uh, so I'm coming to you with another episode, but first I quickly wanted to tell you that we do have some openings for our socially distanced under 30 experiences camping USA trips. Uh, got some room left out there in Yosemite, Joshua's Tree, Zion, and Bryce canyon to name a few you can check those out at under30experiences.com and if this is the first time that you were hearing this podcast uh, you will know that you're listening in on the live different podcast and a special series the millennial travel podcast which i have officially spun off and is available on itunes uh, where i'm going to be putting out even more travel content so really excited about that about tripled our downloads here on the Live Different podcast in the last month. And uh, yeah, just want to say thank you all for the support, of course, of the book, The Millennial Travel Guidebook, which I've been overwhelmed uh, with. But yeah, just wanted to say thank you and now let you know that this next episode, I know I kicked off uh, the Millennial Travel Podcast series with four interviews of four white men. And how boring is that? Obviously, that was not uh, intentional, but uh, we are here with a young woman from Gen Z. And uh, as you will hear more, she is a travel blogger of color. And that is so important to get that representation here on the podcast. And uh, I'm just thrilled to share with you all uh, what she was able to, uh, to share with me. So without further ado, get ready for a special episode of the Live Different Podcast from the Millennial Travel Series. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are here with Gabby Beckford. She is a Gen Z travel and lifestyle entrepreneur who specializes in travel tips, writing, marketing, and seeking opportunities. She did her first solo trip to Iceland at 17 years old, and never truly came back home. I'm really excited to talk to Gabby because first of all, my first trip was to Iceland, uh, but about 10 years later than she went in life. So I'm <laughs> really excited that she got a uh, start at a very young age and has been helping other people uh, pursue these types of opportunities ever since. And uh, I am a millennial uh, entrepreneur personally, and when I saw that Gen Z already has their own class of travel bloggers and entrepreneurs, I was just, you know, it's like one of those things where you see, oh, 
what's this generation doing? And of course, I need to pay attention <laughs> to this, uh, being someone who started a brand called Under 30. So anyway, Gabby, I'm thrilled uh, to talk to you and um, you have inspired so many people and empowered them as well with your TEDx talk and all this great stuff. Uh, so without further ado, Gabby, welcome. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. I'm happy to be here. No, you, you're uh, you're very welcome, and you're you're just putting out so much good content online. But I'm happy that it is more than just your typical travel content, if I can uh, describe it to people like that, because there are a million blogs that tell you what to do in X, Y, or Z destination but you're really encouraging people to pursue opportunities in an unconventional way. You followed an unconventional path yourself, it looks like, and uh, yeah, now you're, you're encouraging, not just encouraging, but also coaching people to do so uh, yourself. So anyway, uh, congratulations mm -hmm. on that. Thank you. Yeah, I just, from a young age, have always rejected the status quo, I guess, like, I've always wondered why I had to take out all these loans in college or why I had to go into credit card debt to travel. Like, who said that I had to do that? So that was just my motivation for looking for other options. That's awesome. And um, I, I guess that's a really good place to start. I mean, on your website, you talk about how you won more than $75,000 in scholarships, including $40,000 in study abroad scholarship. And, you know, you went to the United Arab Emirates at no personal cost. Um, and you graduated with a math degree completely debt free. So I would love to, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm jealous because, well, I, I graduated with a what would be considered small amount of student debt in the United States, and that was 25 grand, which to start a business when you're already $25,000 in the hole is not an easy thing to do. And yeah. uh, this, this looks like, you know, the, it, it looks like this then allowed you to be able to go and take risks that you're doing now where other people you just need that steady paycheck if you have uh, the kind of debt that we're talking about. And, and some people, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, um, Gabby, could you walk us through a little bit on your mindset and how you decided to approach uh, these opportunities? Yeah. Um, like I had said, I, I feared debt <laughs> in high school uh, before I even got to college because I just hate feeling limited like that or trapped like that. I hated the thought that it could um, limit my life. So financial freedom has always been something that um, has been a priority to me. If I had thought that I was going to graduate with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, I wouldn't have gotten a degree uh, at all. Um, one of the reasons I even chose to go to college was because they gave me a scholarship before I, like, as I was applying, like pre, what is it, pre um, approved me for a scholarship. And I was like, okay, because um, I really, yeah, I would rather not have a degree and go to YouTube University than have um, debt. So that's what um, got me motivated to start looking for other options. Uh, my dad is the one who instilled that in me. He um, is a first-generation immigrant, uh, was in the Marine Corps since he was 17 for 23 years. Like, um, and he's always hustled to not not be in debt and get as much out of like get as much 
um, education as he could funded by the Marine Corps. So he got three degrees paid for by the Marines and things like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just like, don't ever owe anyone anything. And I've just tried to live like that. So he's actually the one who emailed me when I was a senior in high school and was like, here's a scholarship. You should apply for it. And it was just 500 bucks, a local scholarship. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I applied for it and I won it. I go to the ceremony and it's like four people and I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Uh, and he, and the guy who organized it actually was like, yeah, well, like, congratulations. You know, I wish more people had applied. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, what, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I mean, not to say you didn't have a great application, you deserve it. Um, but we had more spots for the scholarship. And you were just one of the only people who applied. So wow. that's why you got it. A <laughs> little bit of a backhanded compliment, awesome. but yeah, <laughs> that's you would think amazing. So, right? But it just, that, whatever his intent was, flew over my head because I was like, oh crap, this is awesome. Like, because if, if I just have to show up, like, I don't really have to be talented or the smartest or rich or anything to, to like, get these cool things I just have to show up like I can definitely do that because I've never really felt like I had a special talent or like skill or anything that made me unique but I can definitely show up to some stuff like I'm motivated so that's why I started applying to I applied to 200 scholarships my senior year because I was like I'll just show up wow <laughs> and I did and it worked wow that's good who, who said um who said half the battle is is just showing up? Yogi Berra, uh, Yogi Berra, ba ba the baseball player, not the <laughs> not the cartoon. Um, is that half the battle is just showing up? Is that what he said? Half the battle in life. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I've always said. Uh, I forgot who said this too, but uh, luck is just what opportunity meets preparation, and I definitely have just forced myself to be opportune enough. I'm just in so many places that something's got to happen. Right, right. Well, I was way off because it was Woody Allen who said just showing up is half the battle. So, uh, <laughs> but more uh, than half, seriously. I just that's like 90% of it. Yeah. So, um, okay. There was a lot to unpack there. First of all, where is your dad from? Uh, my dad was born uh, in Jamaica. Okay. All right. And have you been back uh, to Jamaica? I went. I think once or twice with him when we were younger, but I haven't been as an adult um, and I really want to go back. But it's uh, funny that Jamaica is one of the only places that are allowing Americans in right now because of COVID. I'm like, mm, you know, if I'm careful, maybe I can, this is the time. Maybe this is a sign to go back. Uh, so I want to. Oh, interesting. That's great. And um, that a little bit late, well, I'll try to keep us on our current topic, but a little bit later, I, I would love to, pick your brain uh, on some places for people of color who want to discover their heritage and, and stuff like that to travel because it's it's so important. Uh, but I want to, yeah, stick with what we're talking about right now, opportunities. And um, so you are, now you're encouraging other people to do the same and, and just show up. But uh, I want to go yep. back to what your parents um, instilled in you and uh, again, when you decide, like I saw on uh, your Instagram, I mean, you're all over social media and you have this, uh, I believe it's a downloadable Excel spreadsheet for people who are trying to sh show up and uh, yep. <laughs> they're trying to, um, well, you, you can explain the spreadsheet. It's this opportunity spreadsheet that you have and it's just like a, a system of follow-up it, it looks like, but you've systematized this now for yourself. Could you, could you share that with others? for me absolutely yeah i think 
when okay so i tried to walk through the mindset of someone who maybe is just inexperienced or not that confident and when they apply to any opportunity whether it's a job or an internship or to be someone's apprentice whatever um and really maybe they see they find the opportunity and they're just like stuck like oh my god what do i do what do i do next um if i apply what if they don't respond what then what do i do like it's just so many what ifs it gets overwhelming and then they end up doing nothing um which turns into not showing up which is something that i don't like like just show up um, so I really tried to make the thought process as smooth as possible so that when you come upon an opportunity, you're not just instantly overwhelmed by doubts. It's just like, all right, what do I do? I'm going to apply whatever the form or email, whatever that is. Um, I work with uh, like coaching people to pitch, things like that. So I'm going to apply. Now what? Make sure that you put the date in and the type of applic- like top type of opportunity it is. And then you wait a week. And if they haven't followed up, if it's an email, then you can follow up with them. If it's a a submission form, I have like a different branch process where if you've done a form, maybe you can follow up with any point of contact and say, hey, I just want to make sure my application was received. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Um, I attached some extra info in case you need it. Thanks. Just things like that. Like so that no matter what the opportunity is, it's so clear the ways that you can make yourself just obviously the most the most logical choice for for the opportunity and that people remember you and even if you don't get the opportunity that you're memorable Um, and that's one of the reasons why I have the spreadsheet too is that you can color code every type of opportunity and you can look back at September and say oh there's a lot of green in this that means I applied to a lot of um, fellowships and then all those green ones have green next to them which means that I was successful I should apply to more of those things like that Um, so really you have yeah, you just have every question that you could have about opportunities. Am I even being successful? Um, maybe that's one thing. People are like, I fail at everything. I don't want to apply more. Look at your spreadsheet. What does it say? Actually, you were successful in four out of the five things you applied to. So you're being doubtful for no reason. You should keep applying. Things like that. And yeah, I just think that data, that's why I have the math degree. Data just never lies. And it's just so valuable to have. That's, that's really cool. And what kind of opportunities are you talking about? Because there are, it seems like there's a wide range just from uh, going through some of your social media this morning, that stuff that you've been applying to personally, and then you'll, you'll share it with the people who follow you. Um, but you mentioned scholarships, you mentioned uh, fellowships, uh, but what else is out there for people to uh, apply to? Oh my God, it's really infinite. And that's why I get so excited is people are like, well, I'm too old. I don't want a scholarship. What you have is not for me. And I'm like, all right, let me bring out the list. Um, There's international competitions like STEM competitions or design competitions. There's international conferences, youth conferences, um, like career field conferences, exchange programs, fellowships, um, job positions, obviously, internships, uh, leadership programs. I'm in a international business incubator right now i just got accepted to like yesterday congratulations (laughs) thank you yeah it's just really i mean anything you can think of creativity like photography contests entrepreneurial contest startups it's just literally infinite um i started off in travel because i want people to travel and then the, the more research i did i was like oh this is a uh poetry contest but the winner gets to fly to rome for a week and speak at a conference so i still kind of travel so now i just include everything that's even remotely awesome wow that's great yes speaking engagements are a big one that you can apply to and different awards as well um a lot of people don't know this but uh these 
big list that you see uh, under 30 experiences has has made one recently the Inc 5000 and it's literally the fastest 5000 uh, fastest growing private companies in America and, and they list you know 5000 of them but it's something that you need to apply for and sure they, they'll reach out and ask you to apply if they if they've heard of you because they want the list to be prestigious and all that uh, but you know there's awards for as you said poetry um, but if you're yeah if you're a writer or, or a blogger there's podcasting awards there's yes yeah. um, yeah, book awards right i just i just uh finished writing a book and but there's um yeah all sorts of stuff that you can apply to and it's uh it's a way also for for press but also credibility and um gabby you you talked in your your ted talk or at least the title i believe was about dilute or the the topic at least was about delusional confidence and it seems like you just Sure, half the battle is showing up, but you also have a mindset that you're going to win, it seems, or at least you had to, you, maybe you had to coach yourself through this and a lot of people don't show up, right? Because they don't think that they're going to win or they think, oh, I'm just spinning my wheels. This is a waste of time. Um, So what do you say to, to people who think like that? I... It makes me so frustrated um, when people think like that. It makes me really sad, actually, um, more than fr- – well, actually, they're both probably equal. Because, number one, the people who are usually the least confident have, like, are the most talented or are the most um, motivated or most likely to win. It's usually the people who have every reason to be confident that are not. And um, there's so much behind that. But usually it comes down to um, other people telling you that you're not like, you shouldn't be so confident. Don't be cocky, especially um, being a woman. You get like, oh, well, she she's a big head. She's bossy. She, we get a lot of that stuff. Um, so I really try to tell people that the lack of confidence is 90% in your head, whether that's from being told that you shouldn't be confident or your own self-confidence issues, whatever. Um, and 10 of it, 10% of it may actually have to do with actual life. Maybe 10% of it is you're literally not qualified. Maybe you're not going to get accepted because you are literally not qualified, but 90% of it's in your head. Um, and it, it really comes down to me. If it's in my head, you can still feel it. You can feel anxious and scared and have anxiety and things like that. But if it's in my head, I can, I can choose to ignore it. I can choose to be terrified and still apply. And like the physical, I don't, the, the reality that I am capable and able and deserving and like qualified and all that stuff doesn't change just because I'm scared of it. So I, I've always had the mindset that I deserve great things because I, why would I not like, <laughs> why, if, if, why would I have the mindset that I don't deserve great things when I can just choose that I to believe that I do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, if you can maybe through experience, you find that if you ignore the voices in your head, and just do things anyway, you buy it by experience, by the data will show you like, okay, well I ignored it and I still was successful once and twice and 50 times. And now I have my own business and now, and you still have those same fears, but you're just successful anyway. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, and you have, uh, geez, three, three things popped into my head. I don't know what to ask first. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I would like to go back to something that you said, uh, subtly, but that women who are assertive or as, Sheryl Sandberg would say, who lean in, uh, they yep. can be perceived as 
bossy or um, you didn't say bitchy, but uh, you know, you no, can yeah, see that in our, right? You can see that in our culture at times. Could you talk a little bit more about why, why that is? I, I don't quite understand that, but I, I certainly feel it. Um, meaning I, I feel it from women around, like my wife struggles with this, for example. So uh, could, yeah, what is it about our culture that makes things, right? Well, how were women raised differently perhaps, or, or perhaps your parents just said, no, I'm gonna teach my little girl to do this uh, and she's, you know, it doesn't matter if people think she's bossy. So could you uh, talk a little bit more about that? Why that's a, a uh, for back a, lack of a better term, a thing in our society? <sighs> yeah, that's, that's so tough. I mean, if you, if you wanted to get like real, real deep into it. Please. Um, Oh God! If you really want to get deep into it, uh, it, we have lived. I mean, the West has lived in like patriarchal society for thousands upon thousands of years. Like, I mean, BC, um, and I, I think it's because. I mean, Jesus, uh, <laughs> back then, honestly, brains was more important or bronze was more important than brains. And like, if you were the strongest guy in the village, you could just kill everybody else. And now you're the winner. Like, that's just kind of like a, um, primal like caveman type thinking that okay i'm the strongest boom boom we like i'm in charge right sure. um, and then we kind of evolved in society and now bronze may not mean as much if i have more money than you or if i'm smarter than you um so now we've kind of evolved away from brute strength and into like thoughts which women are super super good at like we have many ideas and we're very emotionally intelligent and aware and all that stuff and like the best way for people who are in power to keep their power is to diminish those things so uh, women are so emotionally intelligent and how come they're so self-aware how come they can express their emotions i hate that shit so i'm just gonna call it uh being emotional is being weak and being intelligent is being uh bossy and being a leader in women is uh, a negative thing, but being a, le a leader in man is a positive thing because cavemen punch rock. Like, it's just <laughs> kind of, uh, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know. It's, it's like, honestly, it's a defense mechanism um, for men to keep feeling like men is how I feel is to tell women. Like, I mean, they teach that in grade school. The best way, like, people who want to feel better about themselves often put others down. Uh, that's kind of what we're seeing here. It's the same exact thing. Instead of uplifting male patriarchy and male male culture, I guess, it's just easier to squish women culture and be like, eh, women are dumb. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. It's just easier and kind of lazier. Um, but as you, as you said, my parents, thank God, I don't know how I got so lucky to have two parents. My dad's from Jamaica. My mom is like, white white from the <laughs> from the rural parts of California, but they got together and both of them somehow agreed that yeah we're gonna teach our kids to be bad bitches uh me and my sister grew up like gutting fish and horseback riding lessons and get in the water don't worry about your hair things like that we just grew up doing absolutely every and anything traveling uh like yeah just all that stuff so I just got lucky that I never had the voice in the back of my head or the I mean very upfront in my face my parents or family telling me girls don't do that girls take up less space girls are quiet no my parents were like yep just be a force and we'll do what we can. <laughs> wow, that, that's awesome. I, well, I just had a baby girl, so I am uh, looking forward. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's, uh, 
yeah, hard to describe in words, but it's, it's really been amazing. And um, my wife and I have even said, ooh, and not in a bad way, but she's going to be bossy, right? Because she tells us exactly what she needs. You know, she's a baby. There's only so many ways that she can communicate with us. Um, and we don't say it in a bad way, right, that she's going to be bossy, but we, we really hope to uh, raise a confident, uh, assertive young woman. Young woman. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, in there you said something also interesting. Uh, you did say, you know, <laughs> caveman punch rock, and it is about <laughs> the, the uh, patriarchy, and I, I totally agree um, with all of that. Uh, but you do see also women cutting down other women and yeah. they'll be oh that girl's a bitch or or you know you you yeah. do hear a lot of that and on social media recently um there was a trend or i uh, i don't know what you call it but you make a video and then you send it to your your friends and you encourage them to to post and uh, the theme if I'm getting this correctly, was uh, I'm a woman. It might have been just a woman for women of color. I'm not sure. But it was that we don't tear down other women and we come together mm -hmm. and we use our power collectively rather than in competition with each other. So maybe could, could you talk a little bit about why that exists uh, in our society as well? Because you, you elaborated so nicely on... Um, on the first part. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear about why that exists within women. Yeah, unfortunately, um, we still live in a patriarchal society, whether it's right or wrong. And women who, like you said, just kind of default to cutting down other women instead of working on themselves or bringing themselves up are still a victim of patriarchy at the end of the day. It's not, um, it's really not a woman problem. It's still, it's still a man problem, sorry. Uh, but yeah, the proximity to maleness and specifically white maleness is still perceived as successful and like a positive thing in the country. So we, I mean, on social media and in young people speak, we call them pick me's because they're like, yeah, I hate women too. Pick me, pick me. And it's really <laughs> about agreeing with men and being, and like trying to, I don't know, uh, uh, like pet men's ego and try to make men feel better about the negative things they say about other women. And honestly, it's just a defense mechanism. Same thing. It's insecure women um, trying to appease men so that it can be accepted by men, not realizing Whoa. that. Okay. Yeah, not, not realizing that the men will still be like, okay, well, if at the right opportunity, you may be a victim of that yourself. So um, it's not, not saying that it's a, a bad thing to be insecure in general, but the, the deflection, the, the like, I'm going to pick on other women is, is not, is yeah it's just honestly uh, being a victim of the patriarchy and then i like seeing trends like the ones you mentioned because um there are women who do it subconsciously like oh well she's a bitch i don't i don't and they just don't think further than that but seeing trends like that they can think oh maybe i said that out of insecurity and not that i actually hate her now that i think about it i don't actually think anything about her it was more about me and those trends help women who may be stuck in that mindset because of their environment to see that that's that's really interesting. And um, okay, Gabby, so you just turned 25 years old. And I will tell you, when I was 25 years old, well, first of all, I hadn't been too many places at that time. I was working and, um, you know, out of college and, you know, doing the 
not the traditional path because I had my own business, but still chasing uh, the things that you chase when you're 25. I, ha I wasn't traveling or I didn't um, understand mindfulness, which you really seem to have, um, yeah, you, you really seem to have embraced and you just seem very aware from the things that you've just, of course, explained and uh, that, again, that you share on, on social media and maybe the world, and I hope the world has evolved so much in the last 10 years since I was 25 or 24 or whatever, but... Um, it's, you know, and mindfulness is, of course, becoming more popular and uh, a topic that many more people are, are into and, uh, and, and have access to, right? But how did you become to understand these concepts and be uh, mindful yourself? Um, that's a really good question. I think... I've always been very aware of myself in my own experience in life. Um, so I've maybe, well, because when I was in high school, I always felt like I didn't fit in. That's like a very high school thing to say, though. Everyone feels like that. Um, but I was like, oh, I used to travel so much, and now I'm in this really small town where there's, like, Confederate flags everywhere, and people only care about football and stuff. Like, I was, like, I was just very aware that, yeah, this isn't really my vibe. Um, and I think that being aware of my own self and my, how I was feeling, um, has translated into being aware of how other people are feeling, um, and, and being aware of what I like and don't like. And yeah, it just really starts with yourself and then it's education. I have never had an issue with Googling things or, or finding a book. Like I'll just post, I, I think I remember being a senior in college and posting on Facebook and saying, uh, I really want to make sure I have the best college experience. What book should I read? And people will suggest eight books and I'll buy one from Amazon and just read it. Um, so I have never had a fear of asking questions or taking advice or yeah, criticism or whatever from other people. And that just adds to it. Just the more information that you can funnel into yourself <laughs> just helps you. Have, I don't, I just said this yesterday. I forgot who I was talking about. Um, but I, by, by reading books and by having mentors and talking to other people, you just kind of borrow other people's life experiences. Um, and that kind of helps you save time in learning, if that makes sense. Like you can trial and error in your own life. And that may take a year or, or 10 or whatever to learn that lesson. But if I can learn a lesson from other people's experiences, it kind of saves me the time. So I'm definitely a proponent of, of sucking in as much information as possible. Good for you. Good for you. Now that that's so important. And again, thank you for sharing that with uh, with other young people because I wish I had this information when I was in my early twenties. Uh, but yeah, the the world has evolved, and and people like yourself are taking advantage of. Oh yeah, yeah, like Facebook and Google, and these are just things that we've really grown grown up with uh, for the most yeah. part, and we're seeing just positive change in the world it, it seems amidst all of course the darkness that we're all feeling right now we're talking right now on september 4th of 2020 and um yeah i mean like 
I think a lot of us would just like to fast forward to 2021 real quick and be done with this year. But um, and and I swear we'll we'll get to some more light topics in the in the podcast um, in a in a few minutes. But uh, you know, Gabby, you're you're very unique person. Uh, it, it seems. I mean, you just mentioned, and of course you you breezed over it. But I, I do want to ask you, and and I swear we won't talk about race and and um, the you know all the the heavier stuff the the whole time because you have you have so much to offer um, on the the super fun part of traveling and and all this but um, so you've mentioned that you're biracial and also from the south where there's there's confederate flags around are, are you from Virginia did I am I getting that right first of all yeah I've lived in Virginia for the past almost 10 years okay um so i i would love because one of the things that was definitely i i need to ask you is um what it's like in the travel industry in particular which is just i mean it's mainly like there's so much colonialism it's mainly mm-hmm. targeted and it started for people uh I mean, white people for, for, and the original travelers, right, were most likely men um, who were, I mean, okay, if you, if you want to talk primal, right, the, the men were the ones that were going out on these long journeys to go find the food and the, the women were at home with the uh, kids and maybe foraging and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, this of travel has evolved over thousands of years, of course, but uh, still is mainly aimed at um, people who come from really privileged backgrounds. But we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing a shift and uh, we're also starting slowly to see a shift in the travel industry. So I'd love to hear uh, just what your experience has been as a uh, woman of color in the travel industry? Um, I, like you said, uh, I was going to disagree with you, but then I actually agree with you that I'm pretty unique. <laughs> and, and I definitely think I don't, I don't have the standard perception of being a woman of color in the travel industry. Um, number one, because of that delusional confidence thing, like there's so many things I'm sure that I filter out um, or ignore or um, choose not to dwell on that other people don't have the privilege of breezing over. Um, and that's because of my skin tone and my hair texture and all things like that. So I don't have the standard experience by any means. Um, but my experience has been, and that's the other thing. Sometimes I can't tell if people are being sexist or racist or ageist or there's so many, so many ways to, to be uh, like I don't know when I get a little bit of prejudice, I'm like, is it cause I'm young or is it, which of the things are you thinking right now? <laughs> um, right. But, <yeah. laughs> but my experience has overall from my followers been really positive. I don't get hate comments or um, like weird messages or anything like that very often. And who knows, like I said, maybe it's because my brand is literally, I will do what I need to do and be positive about it. And I, yeah, maybe that's it. Um, but in terms of community, I really have a great community. I love that. Um, I do get the occasional, um, uh, white guilt follower who will message me and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry about slavery. And I'm like, 
I guess. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, just just like things like that. They're like, I'm so glad I followed you. You're gonna help me end racism. And I just get kind of things like that, which are just uncomfortable. Um, maybe that's more that I, I, in my experience, I've gotten a lot of people who try and fail to be uh, inclusive or diverse, and it's just kind of awkward and uncomfortable. And I don't really get as much hate or aggression, um, or uh, yeah, in my experience. But um, in terms of working with brands. It's definitely been limiting. I've been pitched by a brand one time, literally pitched by a brand and hopped on the phone. And they're like, yeah, let me hop over to your Instagram. And they're like, oh, so what are you? Whoa. And I'm like, a student? And they're like, oh, no, I meant like, I didn't, you, your hair's curly in this. It's been, it was straight before and had to have that discussion. Like things like that. Just a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of ignorance. Um, yeah, has been my experience. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's that's mind blowing to me. Um, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's um, yeah. Well, first of all, well, you don't need my condolences, but I'm sorry to hear that there's people out that like in uh, out there uh, in the world like that. But um, if we focus, I guess, just on solutions, do you have any mm -hmm. ideas on how? Um, yeah, just how people really. Okay, it could be people in the travel industry or just travelers in general can try to, um, yeah, try to support and, and be more inclusive and uh, perhaps spend their money in the right places that support a more uh, equal and diverse um, travel experience. Yeah, absolutely. That's. Uh, that's what I was going to say and follow up is that that's why I do what I do. And that's why I'm so public with my life and my travels. Um, I, I would say I'm actually the one of my friends who are on the social media the least. Um, and it's my job. My other friends love social media and I'm on it the least. But I, I choose it very intentionally to be on social media to represent black travelers. Um, and that experience that I just told you about, maybe someone else could not have could not have handled that or it would have it would have been just terrible. So um, I think I just have the mindset and the whatever privilege and confidence to be able to be like, yeah, that was messed up. Um, but I'd rather take that than have someone else take that. So uh, that's why I do what I do is representation. I think that's a huge part of it. Um, I always tell brands when they ask me, they've been asking a lot recently, uh, representation in your marketing is important, uh, whether you think it is or not. Like, oh, well, we do so much behind the scenes why does it matter if we have a black person in our marketing? It does. It just does because. <laughs> well, yeah. I, what good is it if it's behind the scenes? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's so hard to say, like, it seems very hard to not have any diversity. It seems like very intentional and a lot of energy to say only white people listen, say no to her. Only white people find someone else. Like it really, you don't have a single Asian Latino uh, black person come in for the shoot. It's just weird. Um, so yes, diversity in marketing, um, learning about black history, wherever you go. I had just mentioned this to somebody um, that no matter where you go, you may go to Wisconsin and think there's no black history here. Like, what are you talking about? And if you just do a little bit of digging, just a little bit of effort, you're going to find out that someone, uh, a black inventor was born there and has a history there or um, a huge civil rights movement happened there that sparked uh, the larger civil rights movement. I just came upon that in Farmville, Virginia, very empty, literally farm type place. And they had a small um, high school, a black high school in the 1950s that had their first, like lots of um, 
sit-ins and stuff for better education and better access education in Farmville. And that literally sparked the civil rights movement. And I'm like, wow. who would have guessed you go to Farmville and find this, but it's there. So I always say, if you look for black history, you're going to find it. And it's really not black history. It's, I call it, um, oh my gosh, what do I call it? Uh, full story. Cause that's the full story and not just his story, the story that uh, we, we, we get told. So finding the full story of wherever you go is important. And yeah, I always, I also say, you know, uh, patronize black businesses, give your money to small black businesses, especially now they need it. And um, I had just had this conversation with someone yesterday to be kind to black travelers when you see them. Enough people go out of their way to be unkind. So, um, and then I follow up with that with an asterisk that says, and don't, don't only do it so you can get a thank you. Um, so if you see a black traveler get on a tour bus and you're all going on a group trip and there's no other black people and you see them kind of stand there and they're like all right where am I going to sit and you have no idea how much anxiety simple things like that are if you can just do the smallest things to be like yeah sit next to me how are you hey how are you smiling at that like just this this things that you think are is insignificant are not um to a black person who is by themselves or feels out of place so I always say when in doubt just be super nice and if you don't get the thank you or the response that you think you deserve then yeah you need to think about why you think you deserve that <laughs> exactly there I, i'm so happy that you said that because it's like holding a door for somebody right it, the classic is you open the door and and somebody walks through and they don't say thank you and you're like oh bitch now you're pissed yeah, <laughs> yeah no know. why did you open the door did you do it out of the your own <laughs> kindness right or, or did you do it because you were looking for that uh yeah that instant gratification so um yeah. god yeah <laughs> thank you for encouraging people uh, to just be kind Great regardless right no reward yeah exactly <laughs> shocker um yeah and and then we have to think like oh well i'm i'm as you said i'm so much better than that person because uh i'm polite right like person could exactly. have just been having a bad day you know exactly. um, that's really where i think the white saviorism comes from just the term is that it's like you do something nice and then you hold out your hand and the person's like what and like well i just did something nice so what do i get you're like what that's not how it works at all and and i and i'm glad you said that too is that a black person traveling you don't know what the heck they could have gone to any traveler honestly you don't know what type of day they had flat tire or whatever but especially being black like i could have just been slurred like hurled insults and stuff and now someone holds the door and i'm supposed to be like oh thank you so much like this has changed my life maybe i just had a bad day and you <laughs> i can't say thank you to everybody yeah exactly i mean i'm thinking of my my wife who's hispanic and yeah when she comes in the united states it is terrifying for her and she has the same mm -hmm. last name as a mexican drug dealer and guess what the last uh -oh. name is it's <laughs> Garcia. So guess what? They harass a lot Jokes. of people uh, yeah. through the, through the, uh, you know, through, or yeah, through uh, Border Patrol or, or whatever, right? So they, um, yeah, sure. Like when she gets through security, finally gets her bags, like, yeah, she probably should get a little pass if she's a little grumpy or, or something. Not that my wife is ever cranky, <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah, I have to say that. you just don't, you just don't think of what it's like for for other people um so yeah that's uh thank you for for telling everybody that and um yeah these are these are great tips so gabby i i want to get to um i guess 
some of the lighter stuff I had uh, lined up thinking about wanted to, to ask you. Um, and one of the things that, uh, well, is very topical, of course, is our friend COVID, uh, who is oh, still sticking around, right? Did I say lighter stuff? Here we are talking about COVID. Um, I guess, <laughs> the worst thing ever. Yeah, COVID is, is lighter than racism, I guess. Um, but, you know, the, the new normal. And uh, you just got back from a road trip. I am currently on a road trip. And uh, if it had been, in my opinion, if it had been a month or two, or three of quarantine, right? I, I would be under. I would be understanding, right? But now we're talking about we're going on six months, and there are a lot of businesses that need our support, and um, a lot of people who need to work, and people who just need to get out because it's not healthy for people to be in quarantine. I mean, we do need vitamin D. I'm not saying we all need to go to the same beach and cram in there and uh, or go out dancing and grinding up on each yeah. other right that's totally unacceptable <laughs> right now um but uh it's socially distanced uh travel and places especially to rural spots which by the way don't get i know you know this but for the listeners don't get as much uh obviously don't get as much um economic traffic. you know yeah traffic yeah. the finances all of this like rural tourism has always needed our support. And um, yeah, I would love to just hear a little bit more about your road trip that you just got back from. And one of the things that you said online was you probably never would have taken a trip like this if it wasn't for COVID, but you're happy that you did. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd love for you, for you to tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I just wrote the title of an article um, yesterday that I'm going to write that's called I Hate Road Trips. Oh, actually, I hate driving. I hate driving and I hate domestic travel. So here's how my two-week road trip went. <laughs> um, because I was that person. I was just that person. I And I, I just wrote the outline. So um, I really do hate driving. Um, thank God. And I brought my friend, Grace, who did all the driving. So I paid for all the gas and, like, snacks and stuff. Um, I really hate driving. So I've never been interested in a road trip. Everyone's like, I'm gonna do a cross country road trip. And I just have been bleh. if I'm going to spend $500, I'm going to fly to London instead of LA. It's the same cost. Why? Like the US will be here. Blah, blah, blah. I was definitely that person. Um, and I attribute part of it to being young, but the art of, other part of it to just being privileged um, that I could have a passport that lets me hop countries like that. And that I had the like the know-how to not be terrified to, to go to a new country, things like that. Um, but then COVID hits, and I, yeah, and I talk about how I <laughs> was literally this was the year I was going to quit my job, and it was an extra sting that I, I quit my job and I was going to travel the world. So it was an extra sting that COVID shut down literally the travel and events industry um, very, very personally. I felt like um, so I had to deal deal with that emotionally. But then once I got past that, this is the new normal delusional confidence if I say I'm a flexible um adventurous traveler I really feel like I have to live by that and doing a road trip and exploring locally was something that maybe was at the bottom of my bucket list but now I've flipped that thing upside down and I'll just do it first so I of course proved myself completely wrong had an amazing time did things that were that I would have thought were only possible across the other side of the world but they were only two hours from my house changed my complete perspective. I was eating frog legs 
and that tasted really good that were in <laughs> Giles County. They tasted so good. I'm still very confused by that. Um, I was kayaking through mount like big mountains on both sides of me in Virginia that looks like it could be in Sri Lanka. It just looks like like he those you know those blue waters with the tile the the big towering rocks on both sides in Thailand like something yeah. like Thailand. It looked like that, and it's in a freaking river in Virginia. So I I'm so like that's part of me is like oh god I was so dumb, but the other part of me is that is is glad that I did it and glad that I'm able to prove myself wrong and like it Um, because it yeah it was incredible and and like you had mentioned the small businesses and smaller rural destinations really do need our help they were all so 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 nice another thing I was worried about was race I'm like all right the black girl and the Asian girl are going to be in the middle of the country are are we going to be okay we we actually were Um, it was very surprising to me I don't think I would have been able to go out there on my own for that reason is that my anxiety would have stopped me but we had a great time um, in some of the most rural parts, like border, boring Kentucky. And it was just a really great time. ATV and horseback riding, winery drinking, um, rock climbing, just everything outside. Like you said, socially distanced. I felt safer there than I did at Target. And it was three hours away. It was just, it was just awesome. I highly recommend it. Prove yourself wrong. Like I did to myself. That's really cool. And I love that you said that you're, (laughs) you're safer, um, you're safer out in, in nature, way safer out in nature than you are going to Target. Or I heard my brother say, all right, I got to go. I got to go to the grocery store. I was like, dude, you're going to the grocery store? Like we have Amazon, <laughs> like get that, get that delivered or, you know? Um, but yeah. what, um, I, I think you had an article on this or, uh, you have such good content on all sorts of, uh, whether it's TikTok or uh, I know you put a piece of content up about what people can do. Oh, I think it was Instagram or you probably syndicate it to different places. And I saw that you had a very nice rundown of how people can uh, keep themselves and others safe while traveling uh, post-pandemic. Uh, so could you give some quick tips uh, to our listeners, please? Yeah, Um Definitely, like you had said, being socially distant, going out into nature, road tripping over flying. There's really no need to uh, fly anywhere that's within, like, I'd say 500 miles. It's a quick drive. So driving instead of flying, um, bringing your own cleaning materials, especially in I can only talk for Virginia, but our state is doing the best, best, best. They were handing out masks at, like, restaurants. Um, They're really great. So carrying your own PPE. Um, keeping your social bubble small. I traveled with my friend Grace, who is one of my best friends, and I know that she hasn't been in the clubs recently. (laughs) I know that she hasn't done anything crazy, so maybe now's not the time to uh, take on a 10-person road trip with nine acquaintances. Um, Maybe it's the time to go with your family or small groups. Uh, But yeah, getting into nature is honestly the best thing. And I and I, I've seen things that the national parks are getting overwhelmed and people are throwing trash and stuff. And like, just like the, the traffic has been hard to, to deal with. So please, if you're going to be outside, be a, dis- be a decent human being. Please do not throw your Cheetos bag on the ground. I will come find you. Uh, we need this. We cannot afford to have them close national parks because there's nothing left for us. So please be a good person. <laughs> and clean up after yourself and yeah, just enjoy nature. I, like I'd said, I was the type of person I'd rather fly to Malaysia, um, than drive 400 miles. Um, but it, you're going to be surprised just how much there is near you. 
Totally. And, and um, I would say that depending on the national park that you go to, so I went to Mesa Verde uh, National Park in uh, like in the Four Corners region of the United States, but it's south west Colorado and there were so few people there it was it was incredible oh, no. um, and yeah we don't all have to go to Yellowstone right and yeah, um, exactly. uh, there's also I, I believe I, I've heard a report of a new um, a new uh, car reservation system that's supposed to come out so people can take uh, yeah people can look out for that and I've also heard uh, because under 30 experiences this uh, fall is going to start to run some Yosemite trips, but our uh, guides have been out to Yosemite and seen uh, that it's been half full. And they've said that, you know, you never get to Yosemite Valley in, you know, there's always traffic in, in the summertime. And so they said the animals were coming out and yeah, they'd never seen more wildlife. And so right. it's really, there, there's really, there's opportunity and we have such a, a massive country here in the United States to explore that we are, we're really lucky in that way, right? Imagine being uh, quarantined in a very small country where there wasn't a lot to be able to go out and you can get away from people. So yeah, we're definitely lucky in that regard. Yeah, I have also seen similar to the car rental systems, RV rental systems like that, and that would be great. Uh, maybe I've only heard that the national parks out here are getting too overrun because like Virginia is very, very city-y and there's maybe only a few near us. So we definitely all rush to the same national park. But if you're out um, in the Midwest, in the in the West, yeah, there's so much room. So if you find an RV that you can take and if you have the flexibility to work from home, which a lot of us do right now, I would die to be out there. Um, I just had a friend, Jeff from Chubby Diaries, do a road trip around like Mount Rushmore. And oh my God, just the him just driving. I'm like, oh. I just drive in DC traffic, so I forget that life could look like that, uh, not even four states away. So yeah, just just shock yourself with the things that this country has. Right, right. Yeah, this guy <laughs> went to South Dakota of all places. That's uh, good. Yeah. Good, good for him. Um, Gabby, I know we have to wrap up uh, fairly soon here, but I wanted to ask you um, something that I think is really great that you started, and it's the young. Travelers Network, and I'm I'm so sad to hear I am too old for the Young Travels Travelers Network. Uh -huh. And I said, "Well, God, what do you think they do in there? It's kind of like this under thirty <laughs> brand, right? It's like, oh man, this this must be this exclusive thing. Uh, but from what I could see, it's actually a very welcoming place and a, a really great resource. So, could you uh, tell people a little bit more about that if they want to check it out?" Yeah, so I have the Young Travelers Network on Facebook. You can search that. It is a, I say it's an exclusive community, but like you said, it's really not. If it's, I've had 27-year-olds message me and be like, can I join? I'm like, I'm not the age police, just join. Um, but it's it's definitely, the, the, the mission of it is to find people in a certain life uh, phase and have them be able to relate to each other without having like my dad be like, uh, you're dumb, you don't know what you're talking about, like get out, dad. Um, so it's supposed to be a place, a safe place for young people to share their worries. I've had people post about uh, how am I going to tell my Pakistani parents that I want to travel after quarantine? Like this pandemic is their biggest dream ever, like to tell me that I can't travel. Oh, like no. they've been waiting for this excuse. Yeah. And they post that, like, how can I talk to my parents? And they just have people um, share advice for that. So I, I love when conversations like that go off. 
Um, but yeah, it's, I think we're about to reach a thousand members, which I'm really excited about. I have been, I really try to curate a very purposeful, intentional community. And that's why there's the age limit and it's private. So I just don't want, I don't, I'd rather have a thousand people who are really needing the help and really communicative and stuff than have 10 million people. And it's just overrun with like ads. Um, so yeah, it's a really niche group. Everyone's super nice in it. I love, I have like this thing where everyone posts their introduction posts and they post photos and people are always just so excited to join and connect. So we have, um, live chats every two weeks. And the last one I think was on who has the craziest travel story. Uh, and this, one of my friends actually from VCU, she did a, uh, Fulbright grant and studied in Russia. And she had this crazy story where she like got kicked out of the Kremlin and stuff. I'm like, that's pretty crazy. Wow. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty fun community. I, I love it. I love it. And I have this, a series by the same name, the young travelers network, um, interview series on my blog where I interview people from within my network. And yeah, there's a 19 year old who decided to drop out of college and move to Antarctica and be an Arctic photographer. And she just tells her story like whatever. Uh, and there's an, a girl who like got in a terrible car crash when she was in Asia um, and how she was scared to fly on planes and stuff for a long time after that, but how she overcame that, like they're just young people doing such crazy cool stuff. And I just try to rally them all into one community to share that. Damn, that's that's awesome. And um, I know you have another uh, another community where you actually go through and uh, I don't know if coach is the right word, but you hold people accountable uh, to mm -hmm. applying to all these opportunities uh, that you mentioned. So yeah, could you tell everybody where they could find that as well? Yeah, that is my Paxlight 365 membership, and it's called 365 because every day, all day, every year, we should be open to opportunities coming to us. And you can find that at paxlight.com slash 365. Um, it's a monthly membership. It's 15 bucks a month, but like you said, it's accountability. Everyone keeps each other accountable, and you get access to the master list, which is where I share. I think right now I just counted this morning. I had like 40 um, grants and programs and scholarships and stuff um, to travel and 87% I just did the math this morning is is completely funded like completely you apply and they say yes and you they fly you out and pay for your food and hotels and program and everything so they're just it, I, I, I love it because it helps make travel accessible to people that just may not be accessible to otherwise and the great thing about it is this pandemic is crazy but a lot of these programs either have you um, if their dates were in 2020, they've postponed them to 2021 or they've just moved all of it to 2021 anyway. So you'll be traveling in 2021, but it will still be free and awesome. So, yeah. And that's packslight.com slash 365. Great. Great. Gabby, uh, are you ready to do a couple quick rapid fire questions? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I am going to, well, it's a rapid fire kind of hot seat round. So I'll ask you just the, uh, some really simple questions and you can just spit out the first thing uh, that comes to your mind. All right. So uh, what is one piece of gear that you cannot travel without? Um, oh, I always get those little bags, those, those packing Packing bags. Ooh, uh, like packing cubes. Packing cubes. Yep, that's it. Okay, you're you're one of those people. I get it. I get it. Uh, there's <laughs> they're a special breed with the with the packing cubes. Okay, Gabby, um, a movie that you would encourage everyone to download uh, for well, 
the next time they need to sit on a bus or maybe in the backseat of a friend's car? The 100-foot journey. 100-foot journey. Okay, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. I'll have to check it out. Um, and one place that you would love to revisit, if you got stuck in Groundhog's Day and you just had to do this one day of travel over and over again, uh, where, would you, where would you wake up? Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, it was amazing. Oh, my God. Wow, okay, I have not been. And um, last question, <laughs> I need to know a place that you've never been on your bucket list. Santiago, Chile. Oh. Uh, they, have the, they have the biggest pool in the world. At, at, uh, it's like uh, Del Mar de Alfonso or something. It's, it's, yeah, the biggest pool in the world. I definitely want to spend 15 minutes trying to get to the middle of it. It okay, really that's uh, that's really <laughs> cool because uh, my wife is actually from Santiago, so um, no way. Yeah, we're hoping to get there in 2021, and I'm gonna find this pool. No, I was like, you're gonna go before I. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, it's Greenland. Oh man, <laughs> Greenland. Okay. <laughs> well, I will let you know how it is, and um, but I won't give you directions. I'll give you. I'll let you find that on your own because that is half the adventure uh, if, if I understand your travel style correctly. It is, yeah. No, definitely go and send me pictures to make me jealous. That forces me to go for myself. Awesome. Well, Gabby, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, as I've mentioned, you are all over social media, and if people want to reach out to you, connect. Uh, we already gave them URLs, which will be in the show notes um, at millennialtravelpodcast.com. Yes, we will allow Gabby, who hails from Gen Z, on to millennialtravelpodcast.com. <laughs> but uh, we'd love to know where can people reach out to you if they want to interact? I am super active on Instagram. My stories are super candid you'll see me with my crazy hair when i wake up in the morning so message me on instagram for sure um and yeah join my facebook group if you really want to interact and get advice from all sorts of young travelers it's, it's really great awesome gabby well thanks for for being so authentic and doing what you do it was really a pleasure to talk to you today it was great to be here thank you again matt this was so fun you're very welcome podcast listeners did you enjoy that unique piece of travel content. If so, I got a couple asks for you. If you are not already a subscriber to the Live Different podcast, I would really appreciate that. You just have to hit the button subscribe and that, believe it or not, helps boost me in the rankings uh, there on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever y'all are listening. So I would really appreciate that. And if you could go over to the Millennial uh, Rate and Review, of course, if you can, I would be super appreciative. But if you can go over and search Millennial Travel Podcast on the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, that would be awesome as well. And if you could do the same, that would help me kick off where I'm going to be adding exclusive travel content. So I'm not just going to be rep reposting, yes, the one hour long interviews. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, probably reposting the relevant ones here on the Live Different Podcast, but I've got a ton of awesome content I'm going to be putting out on the Millennial Travel Podcast, fingers crossed. And then finally, if you like all that good stuff, you are going to love the Millennial Travel 
guidebook available on Amazon, on Audible, on Kindle, all that. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your support. Go team. I don't know why I said that. That was dumb. (laughs) See you next week.